Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Clinical Pearls in Obstetrics and Gynecology. In this session, we will cover polycystic ovarian syndrome. In the United States, polycystic ovarian syndrome is one of the most common endocrine disorders of reproductive age women with an overall prevalence of about 10%. PCOS affects premenopausal women with the age of onset being perimenarchal. However, clinical recognition of the syndrome may be delayed by failure of the patient to become concerned by irregular menses, hirsutism, or other symptoms, or by the overlap of PCOS findings with normal physiologic maturation during the two years after menarche. Okay, well, let's talk about the potential etiology of this condition. PCOS is a genetically heterogeneous syndrome in which the genetic contributions remain incompletely described. PCOS is an inherently difficult condition to study genetically because of its heterogeneity, difficulty with retrospective diagnosis in postmenopausal women, its association with subfertility, its incompletely understood etiology, and gene effect size. A proposed mechanism mechanism for anovulation and elevated estrogen levels suggests that under increased stimulatory effect of luteinizing hormone secreted by the anterior pituitary stimulation of the ovarian theca cells is increased these cells in turn increase the production of androgens like testosterone and androstenedione because of a decreased level of follicle stimulating hormone relative to LH the ovarian granulosa cells cannot aromatize the androgens to estrogen which leads to decreased estrogen levels and consequent ovulation growth hormone and insulin like growth factor may also augment the effect on ovarian function however PCOS is not only a gynecological issue but a metabolic issue as well. PCOS is also associated with peripheral insulin resistance and hyperinsulinemia, and obesity amplifies the degree of both abnormalities. Insulin resistance in PCOS can be secondary to a post-binding defect in insulin receptor signaling pathways, and elevated insulin levels also have gonadotropin-augmenting effects on ovarian function. Physical manifestations of hyperinsulinemia can include darkening of the skin around the nape of the neck. This acanthosis can also be seen in other parts of the body, like the axilla, under the breast, or in the intertriginous areas of the groin. Hyperinsulinemia may also result in suppression of hepatic generation of sex hormone binding globulin, which in turn increases androgenicity. In addition, insulin resistance in PCOS has been associated with adiponectin, a hormone secreted by adipocytes that regulates lipid metabolism and glucose levels. Lean and obese women with PCOS have lower adiponectin levels than do women without PCOS. These biochemical issues usually present with the leading symptoms of PCOS, which are menstrual dysregulation, usually because of anovulation, infertility, or problems with hyperandrogenicity. 
The diagnosis of the condition is purely clinical. In other words, no laboratory or ultrasound findings are necessary as clinical factors are used for the diagnosis, although laboratory and ultrasound findings can be used as supportive criteria. Three main groups of criteria have been used for PCOS diagnosis, the NIH criteria, the Rotterdam criteria, and the Anergen Excess Society criteria, most use the Rotterdam. The Rotterdam criteria states that two out of the three are required for diagnosis, either menstrual irregularity, hyperandrogenism, or the presence of polycystic ovaries on ultrasound. All conditions that mimic PCOS should be ruled out before the diagnosis is confirmed. So consider the following differential diagnosis of PCOS. Ovarian hyperthecosis, congenital adrenal hyperplasia, drug use like androgenic progestins, hypothyroidism, familial hirsutism, idiopathic hirsutism, or masculizing tumors of the adrenal gland or ovary. In 2013, the Endocrine Society released practice guidelines for the diagnosis and treatment of PCOS. Here are their conclusions. First, the Rotterdam criteria should be used for diagnosing PCOS. In adolescents with PCOS, hyperandrogenism is central to the presentation. Hormonal contraceptives and metformin are treatment options in the adolescent patient with PCOS. Remember, to exclude alternative androgen excess disorders and risk factors for cardiovascular disease, diabetes, endometrial cancer, mood disorders, and obstructive sleep apnea. For menstrual abnormalities and hirsutism or acne, hormonal contraceptives are the first-line treatment. For infertility, clomiphene is the first-line treatment. For metabolic or glycemic abnormalities and for improving menstrual irregularities, metformin is beneficial. However, metformin alone is of limited or no benefit for managing hirsutism, acne, or infertility. Lastly, weight loss and healthy lifestyles should be encouraged. The use of statins is also beneficial, especially in patients who have documented hypercholesterolemia. Well, that wraps up our clinical synopsis of PCOS. We'll see you next time.